For this special bonus episode of Why Not Both, we got to chat with the wonderful women of Red Riot all the way from Reykjavik. I hope that you enjoy. Well, welcome to Why Not Both. Thank, Thank you. Oh, so how would you like me to introduce you to? I should have asked before I hit record, but I'm like, haha, surprise question. <laughs> I think, you know, we are quite a new band um, or a project called Red Riot, but as well, we are both um, musicians on our own. So yeah, we're musicians, producers, all around cool girls. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So please tell me about each of your individual projects. I was like, I'm so curious because I know, I know that both of you do like a gazillion things. <laughs> yeah. You go first. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll go first. Uh, so my name is Hildur, uh, and that is also the name of my solo project. Um, and uh, that is kind of like a bit happy pop or has been, but now like I'm working on my new album, which is quite not happy, but that's how life is, you know. Uh, and uh, I used to be in a band called Drakro before that, which was like a quite dramatic indie atmospheric band. Um, and then I'm also you know, just working as a songwriter for different people um, and the producer as well. So we are in my studio right now um, in Grande in Reykjavik. So yeah, uh, and I don't know, I just kind of like do a lot of different music things. And recently we started Red Riot because of COVID and we had time and uh, me and Ragnar have been friends for a long time. So we wanted to do like some kind of music that was happy and fun. And now to you. <laughs> um, my name is Ragna. Uh, I've been in the music game for a long time. I was in the first Icelandic hip-hop band called Subterranean. I think probably definitely yes. I was the first Icelandic female rapper in uh, yeah, way back. And uh, after that, I went to New York and I studied audio recording and I came back to Iceland and have been working as an audio engineer or you preferably sound engineer. No, mm -hmm. sorry, preferably sound designer <laughs> for 17 years now. And um, so in between projects, like movies or uh, TV series, I do music, or I try to do them together. It's hard to do them together. It's intense, mm -hmm. but you know, I drop in and out sometimes. And yeah, uh, I have, you know, two solo albums and wanted to do something like a bit more upbeat than, cause I'm a rapper and like me and Hilter just decided to do something really like bass heavy and dance uh, driven vibe type of music and that's why we connected and, and just like just an, out of the need of wanting to hit the clubs and dance yes and like, that's how Red Riot got made you know mm -hmm. I think you forgot to say that your solo project is called Sam 7 yeah highly detailed my artist name Sam 7 yes yeah <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm so excited that I get to talk to female engineers and producers because that was, I was talking to a friend of mine where he asked me, he's like, well, why didn't you know for so long that you were a producer? Like, that's what you were doing. You're producing music. And I was like, well, it's because I didn't have that many examples of female engineers or producers. So I didn't realize that that's actually what I was doing. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of girls feel the same. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just like, ah, yes, we have two of you in the same room. <laughs> Rare, I would have to say. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah, that's also like a big thing for our project is that um, it kind of like one part of the reason it started was because we were annoyed working with other producers that were happened to be all, you know, guys and they were just like not delivering or delivering very late. And we were just thinking, why are we always working with these men that continue to this? Like, we are always like kind of annoyed at them. And, and like, why don't we just do it ourselves? Because both of us had been producing for a long time, but never kind of took the actual step of just saying, hey, we're producers, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, at least for me, I kind of always was hesitant of using the word because I felt like, you know, even though I had been kind of co-producing all of my stuff and like writing it and like working in logic for 10 years or something, I just kind of felt like I couldn't call myself a producer because there was no song like online that I had produced in this like whole entirety. So, but uh, then I was like, you know, all these young producers that do one track beat and put them on SoundCloud and they're like, hey, yeah, I'm a producer. <laughs> and I was like, why can't I just use the word as well, you know? Exactly, exactly. And yeah, what you just described was such a relatable experience of like, you know, same thing, but in Ableton for me, where I'm just like, if I've been using this this whole time and making these songs, I think we sometimes put the expectation on ourselves that it's like, if you haven't made every single sound on it and mixed every single bit, then it's like, oh, then I'm not the producer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then you're like, wait a second. <laughs> I feel like kind of our expectations are more. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, I think for some reason. Yeah, I think people like, as soon as they know that a female producers did, did the song, they kind of start listening to the production even more. Yeah. yeah. It's or I feel like that when we tell people that like we produce our stuff, they're like, wait. And sometimes like we've told them before and then they listen, they're like, wait, who produced it? And then they're like, they need reassurance because they're like, wait, could you actually produce that? You know? Yeah. Yep. yep. And I'd imagine it's similar when you're doing sound design as well. Like that it's like, so who made the sounds? And you're like me. And they're like, so who really made the sounds? And you're like, it was me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I have people coming in all the time, looking over my shoulders, watching me work and go like, uh-huh. So I, yeah, I can clearly see that, that you do know how to work Pro Tools. I'm like, really? I got 17 years on you. And you're like doubting my ability. Yep. <laughs> how dare you is like yep. yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah like when you said that you went to new york to study um like sound engineering and then came back and like when you told me how many years experience you had i was impressed i was just like oh my god that's so cool i'd love to see it. and like i can totally imagine on the flip side then people seeing you work might be like is that real is she really doing that <laughs> like, i mean a, a lot a lot of my friends especially in music they don't know that I'm a sound engineer, yeah. Uh, that I'm a sound designer. So they go like, "How did you get that project?" And it's not, it's never about getting the project. It's working your way up there. And they, they haven't seen that part of me. They have only seen me as a rapper, as a right, you know, an artist, and never that part of me that just like grinds nine to five, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's, how do you, like when you said that you do kind of like music in between those, but trying to do that simultaneously would be really intense. It's like, how do so you find that you- And all weekends and, yeah. have, and I have two kids and it's just crazy. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh. 
Yeah. Like my brain just went, how do you manage those things? Like that's just even the time management. I think without music and without the creativity, I would just like die inside, you know, (laughs) just like, I know sound design is a certain creative, you know, process, but it's not the same as just like making something out of nothing, like Mm -hmm. completely with music and, and stuff, like making something out of a vibe or feeling or some experience, you know, yeah. It's like get your life into a certain form of, you know, communication. Yes. Yes. Cause also in, in a way, like when you're doing sound for other people, it's almost like I was talking to someone who was scoring films and it's like, on one hand, you get to like facilitate someone's vision and you get to kind of craft things for someone. And that's very fulfilling. But then, like you said, like when you're turning a vibe into a song, that's literally you're conjuring something from nowhere and that fulfills a very different part of you. Yeah, very mm-hmm. different. Because there's always going to be a client when it comes to sound design and, and the movies and, and TV series. There's always going to be a client who wants a certain way. Mm-hmm. But with music, it's our own way. Yeah. It's, you know, our own world. I love that. Was this the first time that the two of you got to collaborate like that, really? Mm, well, kind of officially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we went to this project together in Sierra Leone. Um, we went there for songwriting um, with people from Sierra Leone and uh, from England and Iceland. And uh, one of the session we were in together, and it was quite funny actually because each session was supposed to have like a producer and a writer, and they forgot to put a producer in that session, and we were like well, I can produce a little bit. And, and you were like, yeah, I can do as well. And then we just ended up producing the song, yeah. which was really fun. And it was like, it was not anything related to Red Riot, but then, you know, we kind of just like managed to do it in a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the first time that I have actually been singing with Ragna on like her Cell 7 gigs for a lot of years. So I think we got to know each other 2015. So mm-hmm. I've been singing with her like uh, occasionally since then. So mm-hmm. we had mostly been collaborating just live um, until Red Riot started last year. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that they were like, oh, who's a producer? And you casually both were like, oh, I kind of, sort of, I'm like, and the two of you are like total bosses at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was a fun experience. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like what happens? Because I think that people are mystified by writing camps and things like that where it's like when you get together to write songs like that like what does it usually look like and what was that experience like especially now that we haven't been able to travel that much people have been collaborating long distance like I guess can you explain to people like what that kind of writing situation is like and what it was like under these circumstances it was quite a crazy week we had um I have been to quite a lot of these because I have been writing for other people for some years, but I know this was... Well, it was intense. That was my first. Yeah, Ragnar's first. Uh, it was just like, I didn't even know if I could collaborate that fast mm-hmm. with anyone. I, ha- I hadn't had any experience, but so, you know, into the deep end, I went. <laughs> I mean, Hilton's there. So, you know, I wasn't quite alone, like in my experiences. So I had someone to share it with. But it's so nice to have somebody alongside with you who has the experience and you can mm-hmm. lean on and trust mm-hmm. that, you know, she just like, whereas you put in like in our group, our first group, there was like three singers and me, a rapper, just like there's nobody to guide, like, let's go like this. And then she took control. And that was so nice because like, 
without experience and with, and also the planners of that particular music camp they didn't quite know how to put a group together yeah. to begin with yeah so that was mm -hmm. kind of my issue to begin with yeah but you've been into so many ones that mm -hmm. have been smooth right yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of like um you it's a process where you like because most of the time you don't know the people in the room mm -hmm. and uh, the first hour or two just goes into kind of just like getting to know each other and what they're about and see if you have anything in common or not. And uh, then trying to figure out what kind of song you want to make because in these camps, the idea is that you make one song per day um, and uh, it can be stressful mm -hmm. and it can go smoothly and it can not. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and in this camp uh, in particular, it was so interesting because uh, the musicians from Sierra Leone, they had such a different background, mm -hmm. like understandably, a lot of them had never like worked with computers, they had never like actually recorded into a microphone. Mm -hmm. And that was actually one of the things that happened in our session, one of the singers, he, he couldn't sing. He only had one volume. Yeah. Like <laughs> Like and it was there. loud, so loud, wow. it was so loud. You could not contain him. No, and the thing is, like, it's so interesting because there's a cultural reason, reason behind it. Because um, they are used to when they're performing live, mm -hmm. a lot of the time there are no microphones, mm -hmm. so they're performing with a band, oh. and the singer is louder than the band. Mm -hmm. So he had this crazy, like, strong voice, and wow. then when we were like recording him, he would be like. Ah! like yelling like yeah. always like be way yeah. too much and we were like no we have to stand way more yeah, back yeah. and we were like turning the game down and everything it was just so interesting so wow. in this camp there was a lot of like these kind of yeah. interesting stories so and also I, one thing that I thought was really interesting is that they never wanted like the musicians from there they never wanted to make sad songs because mm -hmm. at least I am such a dramatic person that like Half or like 90% of my ideas are very dramatic. And <laughs> I would bring a melody, like for example, one of the producers from Sierra Leone, he would like turn that into some kind of a crazy dance song. And I was like, wait, don't you hear the melody and the lyrics? It's supposed to be a sad song. And he was like, yeah, sad dance song. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like, well, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> yeah. and also because you realize people there, they dance so much when they hear music. Like as soon as music starts, everyone is moving. And we, the stiff Icelandic people, we're like, oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that was also like a huge cultural difference, which was really interesting to see. Oh my gosh, I would have never thought of that. And I love the idea of like, since you have no microphones, you obviously have to amplify yourself. And I was like, wow, the projection powers that person must have. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And even when you said like seeing what you have in common and maybe like what's different, it seems like in some ways, like the difference isn't necessarily friction. It sounds like sometimes the difference actually brings out ideas that you wouldn't have had before. Yeah, I think most of the time it does it works like that because or at least as I look at it like this song would never have been born if there weren't like this exact you know amount of people and these exact personalities in the same room so I think it's like really interesting twist that it like it's always a different song based on the group and like yeah so I think you know I would never have written those kind of songs in my home you know yeah yeah Oh my gosh. And I was like, Ragnar, that's so brave that you were just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Very brave. 
Oh my gosh. Cause yeah, dealing with that many, I'm trying to imagine like dealing with that many different creative minds in one room and being like, okay, at the end, you have to come out with a song. Like, kind of like you need to have what, at least one producer that, that runs the train, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. No wonder. Otherwise you'd end up all kind of like, I don't know, throwing stuff at the wall, essentially. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So after those songs are finished, what's the journey of those songs? Are they usually pitched to other people? Like what happens to them after? In these songwriting camps? Yeah. Um, yeah, it depends on the camp. Like uh, for this particular camp, we were making an album that was uh, supposed to be released um, because this was this very interesting project of, of pulling these like different kind of cultural sides of the world together. Um, mm -hmm. All of these songs were actually released on Spotify, um, but a lot of the times in these camps you are writing for like an artist uh, which is in the room or you are writing for pitch, um, but I rarely write just for pitch because I always appreciate it more when there's like an artist in the room that I'm writing for or mm -hmm. doing this like collaboration or something like that. That makes sense. Because, yeah, otherwise it seems like, especially if you have, you know, people in a room who have never met, unless you have, like, an objective, I'd imagine that could get, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. It's like you wouldn't have, like, when you're writing a song, you want to feel compelled to write something. So unless there's, like, kind of a thing of, oh, I'm writing it for this person or this emotion or something like that. If it's just like you're writing a song just to write a song, sometimes you're like, eh, shrug. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it like when you are writing for another artist? Like, do you talk to them about kind of, you know, what emotion they want to convey? Like, how do you kind of have the spark for that when you're writing for someone else? Um, I kind of treat it as, you know, doing an interview with them. Like in the start, I always ask them like what they've been, you know, going through lately in their lives um, or what they've been dealing with or if there's anything that they think could be turned into a song um, because then it's more personal for them. And I think it's also really inspiring to write about um, experiences that other people have had because like you always find some similarities in it and, and it sparks something in you that you had like that is similar. Um, so a lot of the time it's like that, but um, also a lot of the time it's just like, there's a conversation in the start where you're getting to know everyone and somebody just says something and you're like, oh, that could be a cool concept of a song. Like mm. um, just the way you said that, or I've even been in a session where somebody misheard something and we were like, did you say that? And they were like, no. And they were like, well, that's a great concept. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it varies, but uh, I always try to make it personal. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's that's funny that you said about the mishearings. Sometimes those are the best moments when either someone misinterprets something or there's this like moment where, because you're thinking then outside of like a logical train of thought. Exactly. And I think also when you're producing, when you do some something by accident, like a lot of the times that can be really cool as well. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> so be open for that. Happy accidents. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Ragna, when you're writing, you're writing then mainly your own stuff. And if you were one of the first people that was doing what you were doing in Iceland, like, are there more people doing what you're doing now? Or are you, I guess, like, what's that scene like? I mean, like, the scene is mostly Icelandic rap now, mm -hmm. mostly. It's like a, 
a kind of a genre within its own, I think. So, and, and plus, I think uh, like my music isn't, it doesn't sound like anything else that's out there. Mm -hmm. I think like I tend to go my own way when it's like that. Um, just like, I don't know, I listen to music a lot from the US. So I think where I pull from inspiration is is very different for what's going on in Iceland right now, especially mm -hmm. in the rap scene. Mm -hmm. I guess like, how would you describe what's going on now in the rap scene there and how does that contrast with what you usually do? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of auto-tune track, kind of like mumble rap. That's ah. kind of a lot mm. into also like dance type of way right don't you mm. feel like they're also going yes, into like a lot of it is music. quite poppy in poppy, a way yeah, and yeah. a lot of the oh i'm probably gonna get hate for saying this but a lot of the icelandic rappers aren't good rappers <laughs> they're just like good with using efforts and stuff but drachma is actually a really good rapper so i think <laughs> that is <laughs> i don't necessarily think that they even listen to rap mm -hmm. they're coming from a totally different place so you know yeah Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where they're coming from. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of like, uh, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to whenever and, and go wherever place. See, there's no like specific, you know, uh, focus, I feel. And yeah. They're all over the place. And I, I feel. feel like they've probably never listened to like old school. No, not at all. Like not at all. Right. Not, not necessarily. No. Mm -hmm. And also it's in Icelandic, which is like, and yeah, you're always in English, and yeah. just that is like a huge difference because like Icelandic language is, I don't know, it's it's hard in a way to write, write in that style. So they're kind of like mixing English a lot into it. So yeah. it's like a lot of slang, a lot of slang, yeah. English slang. But um, I don't know, yeah. That was actually a curiosity I had because English is such a percussive language and Icelandic is not. And so I was like thinking about how you would even rap in Icelandic because like the the way that the syllables are stressed in English like it kind of lends itself to that and then like I was trying to hear it in Icelandic in my head and my brain just went hmm? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons why it needs like, to be so good to pull yeah, it out yeah there's just a handful of people that can mm -hmm. and they've been doing that for a long time now yeah so. that's yeah because I, I do not speak Icelandic. I, I know how to say thank you. I've been attempting to learn from voice notes that one of my friends has been sending me <laughs> so that I can, <laughs> when I come back, I can say more than thank you. I'm trying it. It's, it's way too hard. I was just like, oh, I always feel horrible for the people that try to learn Icelandic. <laughs> so, I'm sorry if I'm like, you know, crushing your dream, but it takes a lot yeah. of effort to kind of learn that well you know yeah like there are different there are different sounds in it than there are I mean in every language there's like the different phonemes but like there's certain sounds that I like for instance it looks like and I don't know the name of the letter it looks like a d but with like a little cross through the top of the of the yeah. stem and the yeah. sound of it is between an English d and a th but it's mm -hmm. like right in between yeah it's like neither yeah and so like learning learning things like that even I was like oh this sounds really different and like I wanted to learn it on Duolingo during uh during COVID times because I'm like what else am I doing I'll learn a language um so they offer like elvish 
on Duolingo. They do what? not offer Icelandic. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. They I was offended on your behalf that I was like, why can I learn several fictional languages, but I cannot learn? But also, like, what do I think about that people, more people want to learn Elvish than Icelandic? (laughs) How to feel about that? Yeah, because actually Elvish was based on Icelandic, I think. Like the Lord of the Rings, it was about that language that was Icelandic, so, you know. That's why I was just like, guys, we've gone too far. Just rewind. <laughs> just... Oh, my God. Do a link, step up your game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I too want to be harassed by the Duolingo owl, but I like to. <laughs> oh. <gasps> but yeah, because it sounds, I mean, Icelandic sounds beautiful when you sing Icelandic. Like that, at least to my ears, like it, it flows so well. Um, and so I can understand why you would take your inspiration for rapping from a percussive language like English. Um, would you say that some of your production style also comes from music from the U.S. in that way as well? Well, mine does, because I, I usually, because as a rapper, I really, like, a lot of it is, like, beat heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hear, I can't hear my rap unless I hear the beats in, mm-hmm. in particular. So that's how... Um, that's how we work when we work together my main focus is on the beat and on how how i lay the drums because without them i can't rap i can't hear the rap mm-hmm. but then Hildur is mainly like harmony wise and yeah melodic, melodic yeah, and, and the chords and stuff so mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. work pretty well together in that way we focus on uh, our own thing and then mm-hmm. it comes together and it's just like no, yeah, and we have these two chairs, and it's like now you do the beat, and then we switch, and yeah. then I'm like, now I do the chords. And we're like, yeah, we're streaming <laughs> it the entire time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And do you both work in Logic, or are you in Pro Tools, or what are you up to? So I've been in Pro Tools for 17 years, and I was like, let me go into another like not work work mode. Mm-hmm. And I've been in Logic for. Yeah, over, over 10 years, I yeah. think, yeah. So I, I still feel like I'm a child in Logic, whereas in I, I <laughs> Pro Tools in and out, and I'm still, like, figuring out Logic, even though it's been a year or two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and we have, it's like, like, we've had all these arguments, but Ragnar is just, like, cursing a lot, yes. because he hates some of the, like, Logic, inter- like, kind of the shortcuts, and she's like, yeah. in Pro Tools you can do that, and she's, like, always very angry, and I'm like, yeah. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. I love logic. Stop saying that about yeah, logic. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I need things. answers. And he's just like, well, let's just leave this. And I'm like, that's not good enough. You know, I come from a really strict workplace where, you know, everything, you know, people work in teams together and you have to deliver in a certain way. And then you are in a music environment and it's just, oh, whatever you do, just where I was like, do whatever. No, that doesn't work. My brain doesn't understand do whatever. It has really strict you know, work process and how to deliver everything. And it's not whatever. <laughs> just like, you weirdo. Just like, leave me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, we argue about like shortcuts or like cursors or stuff flat. Like, I mean, yeah, but it, it's funny. It's like, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that could have been like a meme right there of like Pro Tools versus Logic. Just like, yeah. no, I need the structure. Tell me what to do. And Logic is just like, do do do. I have colors for you. Look. <laughs> Would you like a bus? I have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> 
Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, like I was joking with my mixer that like Dawes are almost like when you're reading like tea leaves or tarot, where it's like none of them are bad or good. It just like says something about your personality that you're like, yes. oh, so which one are you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly. <sighs> that is so funny. Cause yeah, like I mean, I personally I get so confused in Pro Tools. Like I've tried so many times to like catch into like how it works and it's just for whatever reason not intuitive to me. Whereas mm -hmm. like for whatever reason, Ableton is intuitive for my brain. And I don't know why. Like, I can totally see why someone else would hop into Ableton and be like, what? That happened for me. Yeah. I, I tried Ableton for a long time. And I just, I was always so annoyed. And I was like, I, I, by this time, I would have, you know, made three songs in Logic. Why am I even, you know, wasting time on this? So I just dropped it. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's interesting because especially when you're working in another DAW, like on one hand, you can get super frustrated. On the other hand, I notice if I'm working particularly in Logic, the happy accident thing happens often in Logic for me. Ah, mm -hmm. Yeah, where like I'm not as adept at, as I am in Ableton and then like Pro Tools, I just sort of look at it wide-eyed like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes no sense to me, but you know, other people love it, so... Well, it's incredibly powerful for sound design. That's the thing that I find fascinating about Pro Tools is that like the way it's organized, it is in some ways the most powerful. And I almost feel like I'm like, I want to unlock your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> We're working with so many tracks. It's like a hundred to 200 tracks and then a video file and everything. So it's, it needs to be able to just like go everything, like to move everything at the same time and just be really, really fast. And so I think it's like an industry standard when it comes to like post-production at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, when you're running stuff like that, I think that also you can do production, for instance, if you're at, you know, a writing camp, I would imagine you can do some of the production just like on a laptop, in which case you can use like Ableton or Logic, but trying to run Pro Tools off a laptop is like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I do. It's it's fine. You know, you just need to have the maxed out laptop. That's yeah. all. You know, <laughs> it's super expensive yeah, one. Yeah. Very powerful laptop. Yeah. So that that way your fan doesn't go crazy when you just even open a session. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's always the worst when like you open a session and your computer's like, I am lifting off into space, and you're like, No, 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 come back. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So during this time, the two of you finally got to collaborate. And I was like, are other people also collaborating with you during COVID as we're all kind of like, you know, kind of in the same space and we can't go many places. Like, are people still coming into the studio to work with you or are you doing more remote collaborations? Um, we've had people in the studio, yeah. But then we've also done remote collaborations. We did one song with uh, a guy called David44 that lives in Denmark, Copenhagen, and we never met him. We just did it over the internet. Yeah. Awesome. So that, that was nice. Um, but Iceland has, like, for the most part, been, you know, in a better situation than a lot of the other places uh, during COVID. Um, so it has been like, it's been okay to come to the studio, which has, you know, saved my mental health. Yeah. If I would have, you know, been trying to make this music all at home, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've made half of it, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I guess we're lucky in that way. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, actually we're going into a, I don't know, the fourth wave of COVID <sighs> in Iceland or something. There has been a huge backlash and now there's like a lot of people um getting COVID all of a sudden and we all thought it was over so we are kind of like 
a little bit pessimistic right now. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. I'm really, I'm sorry that you're experiencing the resurgence. You guys probably experienced like another wave of it because like all of a sudden you opened up to people from other countries to come and like, mm-hmm. frankly, like uh, other countries have been wildly irresponsible. And so I was like, oh no. And also like the nightlife, they just opened the nightlife, the bars and the clubs mm-hmm. until like four or 5 a.m. They went mm-hmm. all like, okay, let's just go. Mm-hmm. Oh, they went all summer. It's been like this for a couple mm-hmm. weeks yeah. now. Yeah, I think it started like early in, or like yeah, middle of June yeah. and it opened up and yeah. we actually, we went out the second night after it opened. Yeah. And it was so funny because like, uh before that it was only open till 11 and then they started opening till four and both of us we were like at like 11 30 we were like are we gonna really do this <laughs> and we were like either we need to get super drunk uh or just go home yeah. because this is way too much work because we like went out quite early as as we had been doing you know before yeah, before. yeah. and it was like it was weird <laughs> and like oh. it was mayhem it was mayhem yes like people you don't understand like no uh, actually like people in iceland they it used to be like that that they wouldn't start dancing until like after midnight or yeah. even after one o'clock yeah. like the dance yeah. floor would always been empty uh but that night the dance floor was packed at 11 Oh my god and it was this moment that was so funny like a guy was like can you move and i was like what my friend is going to do the worm and it was like 11 and people were crazy. And I was like, that would never have happened. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I went out same as you. I went out like one night to go to like an art gallery opening. And then I ended up going to like the after party with a few friends. And it was like, I have not seen people go this hard in a long time and I was just kind of watching it and I was like wow like oh boy <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of energy that has been like saved up for yeah. a long time yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah oh my god in a way did that like inform like you said you were making a dance record and when I was speaking with it was uh who's I talking to Oh, yeah, I was talking to Iconopop and they were saying that like they wanted to make a record for like if you were having like a dance spa night where it was like you were taking care of yourself and yes, you had like a wonderful face mask on, but it was a dance party. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> concept. <laughs> what? Dance party. Yeah. Yep. I was like, rave spa? We could pull that off. Uh- <laughs> was some of that energy what informed you two when you were making this music because like we hadn't been able to get all of that energy out for quite a while yeah for sure yeah that that was just like basically the whole idea it was just like we can't go out dancing we can't go clubbing um and we both just missed the kind of like excitement of performing um and we just wanted to make music that was like exciting for us. So we could yeah. just like blast it in the studio yeah. and feel like, you know, yeah. the bass was hitting our chest yeah. and we would feel yeah. like a clap. So we just had pent up energy that we just needed to get out. Yeah, so, so definitely. And then we also had to struggle when we were deciding when to release the first track because we wanted it to be when people could actually dance to it 
Yeah. But then COVID was going on and on. And we were like, if we're going to wait until it's over, then like we we don't have a clue when we can release it. So we decided to release our first track in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard a lot of people were dancing at home to it. So that was yes. that was the thing. And, and a lot of people said that it like kind of made them want to go downtown to dance. So we were like, yes. okay, so when that's possible, we're really excited to see how that is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you gave people, I was like, sounds like you did give people the rave spa experience. Have you had a chance to actually perform any of the songs live or like what's it been like there? Not much though. No. Like one one or two occasions, I guess. Yeah, we did a TV performance uh, just after our first yeah. single, which mm-hmm. was quite funny because... Uh, um, a true story, like we were announced up on stage and then at the same time, the Icelandic uh, volcano started erupting. <gasps> we were like, we started that fire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, but it was funny because then we were like, oh shit, now everyone's going to stop watching and just go and hit the news and be like, what? Because there was like a huge volcanic eruption. Yes. Day, and right. it has been going on since then. But everyone was. It's still going. Stole yeah. our thunder. A little bit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't be mad at a volcano. You know, mm. that's that's what we say here in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> the old Icelandic phrase, can't be mad at a volcano. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I would take that as a very auspicious sign, frankly, that even like, even the earth was like, no, I got a party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should talk about that more. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I heard the beat. I had to, I had to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. <gasps> Have you been to the volcano? That The more I saw that people were like actually visiting to like hang out there, I was like, oh my God, I want to go. <laughs> Well, I have not, but Rakhna has been very busy going there. <laughs> I've coincidentally been twice in a helicopter. It's very, it's kind of embarrassing, but you know, very coincidentally. But um, the second time I was actually like fronting the campaign inspired by Iceland, um, which is like, yeah. Uh, like a huge uh, YouTube like video campaign and, and yeah. it's telling people to come to Iceland. Yeah, it's telling. It's, it's a weird concept. It's telling people to like turn in their sweatpants, <gasps> and, and what they get in return is hiking boots. I saw that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you were spotted the other day, actually, on the street. The first time <laughs> a foreigner was like. You are the one in the commercial. I was like, oh yeah, Sweet hi, food girl. Yeah, food girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, for that now. What an excellent claim to fame. Maybe <laughs> like you're performing in front of the volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite cool to have yeah. done, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's that's crazy. pretty awesome. I was like, there is no need to be embarrassed about that. I was like, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been like walking like everybody else does, you know. Yes. Like I just helicopter. I was like, I go with the camera crew. <laughs> like, don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just like the Beyonce of the house. It's fine. <laughs> no, not used to it, but you know. I love that. I love that. 
Well, and also how, how often does one ever get to be like, well, yeah, so then I got helicoptered to the live volcano <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> it's exactly. pretty cool. It's a cool flex. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Whenever anyone questions you in the future, just be like, so, you know. <laughs> I hope that you do get to perform live soon because when you're when you're saying like when you're in the studio and you can really feel the bass I think that that's like the difference in a way like sometimes between like live and studio music where it's like unless you have like a studio set up at home you're not going to be listening to music in the same way as when you're like out dancing or when you're at a show or something like that like the music is going to physically feel different exactly um, and yeah, and it's also, it's quite interesting when you're like making music um, and when you're performing it live for the first time, you kind of get the feeling, the how the audience is reacting to it. Yeah. And it's interesting for us because we had like this one, just a short gig the other day. And then we were just after that gig, we were like, wait, we need to do more songs like this mm -hmm. and less songs like this. So, you know, I think mm -hmm. that's also because I think for this project, we're really heavy on kind of making a great live show and like right. not just making music for spotify but making music that actually like yeah. is a party when you come and see us and and like the people want to move to you know mm -hmm. yeah like what i guess what kind of elements do you put in music that's more for that because yeah people do listen to music in very different contexts like there is it's like oh i just want to stream it while i'm like chilling at home or in my car or whatever and then there's like, oh, like we're actually live. Like what elements do you add? Like, what did you notice people responded to in a live setting? I think it's just like, you know, a lot of good rhythm and beat yeah. is very important. And then also like interesting drops, I would say. And yeah. like, you know, mm -hmm. coming back in and stuff um, and basic melodies that people can kind of relate to. Yeah. Um, also fast, faster songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and like yeah. we haven't, haven't really been playing in our like optimal environment that we would love to like, as in aka in like a dark club with lights and everything mm -hmm. and so we always have a vision for our performance I guess mm -hmm. we haven't been there yet but hopefully soon yeah it's just such an interesting thing because both of us like have our own artist project and it's so weird to like be experiencing like the birth of a new project in these times because you're like wow when I used to start my like when I used to start my solo project I would play a show so much quicker after like just releasing a song mm -hmm. and you know I, yeah. I would like, kind of be more in the kind of music scene but now it's like being a lot in the studio dropping a song being a lot in the studio mm -hmm. hoping yeah. to play you know so yeah. it's very that is it's such a different flow and even though both of you obviously like enjoy being in the studio I can tell both of you also enjoy uh not <laughs> yeah. yeah we have that in common we yeah. just love being on the stage so it's like and yeah. it's like we I think as well we have the same drive and the same just like what do you call it just let's go let's go like we've been in other collaboration where as thing has not been things have not been going as fast as we would mm -hmm. so like different solo artists coming together with the same type of pace and mm -hmm. like vision. Mm -hmm. this project mm -hmm. is just so energizing I think for both of us to work with somebody who has the same like drive I, I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. ambition yeah 
Yeah, because otherwise it sounds like you'd either be waiting for someone else or putting energy into kind of like dragging them along and both of you are like, let's go. Solo projects. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of the lot. time, like yeah. if, if we're working with other producers, a lot of the time it's just like that. You're just waiting or you're annoyed or you're getting kind of bailed on with the <laughs> session or something and you're like, <gasps> but, uh, you know, it's very nice to have a partner that you can just trust that they're in it all the way and they say do what they say they're going to do and stuff. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that makes me so happy to hear. Oh, <laughs> in a way, like the podcast producer, I was just like that you know well, obviously. Um, Laura, she she hopped into the project kind of early on, and she and I are very similar in that way. However, she also keeps me on a regular schedule, whereas I want to do everything at once or I forget that it's happening. Laura's like, no, you need to do this just like every week consistently. And I'm like, oh, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> have like, yeah. And in that sense, me and Ragna, we are a lot of like our personalities are alike and then some are not. So <laughs> it's like a great combination, you know. Yeah, well, having someone that's really like that shares the same vision as you and is also like that you complement each other well, where it's like because you don't want to have the exact same skill set as someone that you're working with, because otherwise, you know, then you're like, cool, we have the same strengths. Like, what happens when <laughs> we need to do something else? <laughs> Even the way you were describing like putting together tracks, I was just like, ah, I could totally see this. I love this combo. <laughs> Yeah. and it's also comfortable because then you can feel like you are in your element like and you are doing the stuff you're good at and uh, the other stuff that you're not as sure about the other person is good at that so it's like it yeah. takes a little weight off you that you can just like focus on what you are good at and then also learn more yeah. about the other stuff from the other person so yes yes mm -hmm. I mean it kind of goes back to even at the beginning when we were talking about like if you don't make every single thing and every single sound, you don't consider yourself a producer, but it's like both of you are producers and engineers. It's just learning from the other of like those little specific areas of like, oh, I didn't know how to do that in Logic. Oh, I didn't know how to make something sound like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's also really funny. We're always sending each other like YouTube videos or something like, <laughs> I found a better way to do this. And like, <laughs> I'm really excited to send the other like a YouTube video of that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, we're such nerds. But you know, <laughs> it, it's it's fun because, you know. It benefits us. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes we just drink red wine and watch production videos. Yeah. <laughs> that is like living the dream. <laughs> and I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Try to remember as well what you see. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, whenever I'm looking at production videos, I usually will watch on like my iPad or phone and then like, then I'll do the thing on my computer, like whatever it is, in hopes that that way by doing it, I'll remember what I watched. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way. And um, red wine, but... <laughs> I was like, you could throw red wine in the mix. We won't exclude red wine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because otherwise, have you had this experience where you watch a production video and you're like, oh my God, I totally get how that worked. Oh my God, how amazing. And then you open your jaw and you're like, I have no idea what I just saw. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy. And then you're like, wait. And you just didn't pass this one detail yeah. or something. No. Yep. Yep. And it just vanished from your brain and you're like, cool, 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 cool. Okay. We're going to watch yeah. it. Again. 
and you have to kind of put it in use a few times so it gets stuck. Yeah. Because if you just do it once, you just like forget about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what are you two planning on doing, I guess, for now it is summertime? I was just like, are you going to be in the studio? Are you going to? I was like, sounds like things are open, but I don't know how long they're open. I was like, are you going to play a show? Like, I guess what's next for you both? Yeah, well, we are trying to finish our album. We yeah. are making a full-length album. So Yay! Yeah, yeah, so that's fun. And uh, we're planning to go to this uh, cabin a little bit outside of Reykjavik because we, we, we've we done that before and it works really well to like have a little less distraction and just yeah. like um, making dance music in a cabin <laughs> in a summer house. In a summer house, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Uh, so that yeah. that's like... Yeah, we're doing that. And we, of course, want to play shows. Uh, and we have a few kind of lined up if everything goes yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Yeah. yeah. But our main focus is just finishing the album, I guess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, I want to go to a cabin and make dance music. That sounds like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you take a break and go to the hot tub. Yeah. And then you come back and work more. It's really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, one of my friends just made a cabin up in uh, like the woods outside of LA. Um, and he was just like, okay, I know that this is a total like Bonnie Bear move, but like really everyone should make a record in a cabin. <laughs> exactly. You know, that that is one of my favorite albums and that was made. But he was alone in a cabin for three months. I couldn't do for that. For three months? That's yeah, intense. It's intense. Mm. But the album is so good because he probably lost his mind like three times during that. <laughs> so yeah Yeah. that is like it's a fine balance like when you're especially when you're in the midst of writing where it's like you kind of want to lose your mind like a little bit like you want to lose a little bit of that like part of you that's a bit of everyday life but you don't want to lose it like so much that when you come back around you're like what on earth was I writing (laughs) (laughs) just lose just lose enough (laughs) yeah exactly (sighs) Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank, thank you. It's oh nice to talk God. to someone outside of Iceland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>